0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Neil Lennon says he needs to be patient in dealing with his issues at fullback. Rangers midfielder Joe Aribo says he studied Yaya Turi and Patrick Vieira after being compared to the midfield duo. And Kilmarnock and Aberdeen continue that winning feeling for Scottish sides in Europe. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Uh, good evening, Andrew. It was, uh, it was very pleasant over the, the, the last few days in terms of the, the Scottish... Uh, teams in Europe I mean I know Aberdeen lost a late goal and that, that was certainly put a damper on it but uh, you know with four teams winning that's uh, the best part of 20 years since that happened so you know um, you know, that's something positive and if the four can get through it it'll be even better for Scottish football Lots of talking points tonight so make sure you get involved 01419511025 if you want to come on the phones or you can send us a tweet at ClydeSSB I was uh, scrolling through Twitter last night late at night Jim and it was uh, probably the latest transfer announcement that I think I've ever seen on Twitter was from uh, from Dumbarton last night quarter to midnight they announced you announced four <laughs> signings yeah well I, I think it was done a little bit earlier but obviously when they release it we're not so sure uh, whether it's the, the club or whether it's the SPFA or whatever but um, you know we needed it you know we had, uh, we've had um, you know a tough summer and trying to bring a lot of players in in a very short period of time um, we do have enough for the game tomorrow but <coughs> just enough um, so it's going to be tough but uh, you know I'd rather be patient and wait and try and get the right guys in I mean listen there's a lot of players available out there there's a lot of young players in particular looking for clubs but you've got to get the balance right and the the difficulty and I know Jim Goodwin has, has, has stated, stated this I think earlier on is that you can't play trialists in the Betfred which you know you know, I think is something that they should have looked at a long time ago and uh, um, particularly for part-time clubs but uh, anyway so you can't so you, if you sign someone you would have to give them a contract and then again that ties up your budget so um, there's a bit to consider there but we do have enough players for tomorrow and the four young players we signed I think are talented young players and I wanted to get a bit of youth a bit of energy about the, the squad this year and we've certainly got that Lots to get through tonight so make sure you get involved let's get straight into it though Neil Lennon's been speaking today and he says he'll need to be patient in the full-back department as he continues to look for players as well as giving Kieran Tierney time to regain fitness the Celtic boss says he's looking for two right-backs and that there's been no fresh offers for Tierney You know, try and get it down to the quality of player that we, we want and does it fit the right profile, the age, you know, the, obviously the, the quality of the player is important and the attributes that we want from a fullback, they're, they're difficult to find. The club's been looking for one for quite a you know, serious period of time now and, um, you know, ideally we'd like to bring two in. It's a slow process, it's still very early, you know, a lot of teams are just back so they're still weighing up their, their squads as well. So it's not as if you can do your business more or less straight away and these things take time so patience is obviously a virtue some people in the game don't have but we have to have that sometimes when it comes to you know doing transfers How's he's still injured and he's rehabbing so you know he had the double hernia and he still has the osteospubus problem so again it's a slow burner that one no update in terms of benefits of going off the kid no 
It was interesting that because when Brendan Rodgers was in charge and Kieran Tierney had his injury problems, he was always quite vague about what, yeah. what the issues were. He said it was his hip, he said it was his pelvis. As far as I'm aware, this is the first time that the club have actually confirmed what the problem is. So he said it's ostiatus pubis, which is a condition, there's like inflammation in the sort of right and left pubic bones that meet at the lower front part of the pelvis. So there's not really anything that can be done in terms of surgery or, or medicine. All it needs to be done for the for the player is, is rest. Yeah. It's it's quite a common injury in footballers. Um, you know, I, I think there's maybe certain styles of players. Obviously, Kieran Tierney being a kind of dynamic player, you know, might, might have an impact on it. I'm not so sure. Obviously, people with a lot more medical knowledge than me would be able to, to um, give a, a better understanding of that. But it's quite a common injury. Uh, and, and rest, as I said, he is, 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 will have to have that. And obviously, he did have the, the double hernia. I think that um, Neil Lennon stated there, but I think I'm led to believe that was kind of a couple of micro tears. So that should have healed up. But, um, you know, the the rest won't do him any harm over a longer period of time. Celtic will have, and if they continue, obviously, in the, the same vein as they did in Sarajevo, then they could have a, a good campaign in Europe and domestically. So. Uh, as Neil Lennon said he's looking for players he's rather if, uh, take a bit of time and have a bit of patience uh, and and obviously they've, they've, they've brought in a left back at three and a half million pounds so I don't think there's any rush uh, to, to throw Kieran Tierney back in yeah and, and going to Kieran Tierney I mean he's he's played so many games and you know that could be the issue that at such a young age you know when, when you're playing 50, 60 mm-hmm. games a season that it's bound to wear you down in, in some way yeah, it can do, but you know, sometimes you can just be a little bit unlucky. Is you know, you can get players who get through their whole careers and never get anything, and you've got other guys who just seem to get through a little spell. Um, but I, I, again, as I said, we can only go by the the information we have at this moment in time. It doesn't seem too serious. It just seems as if he needs a a longer period of rehab, uh, a little bit more rest, and then I think he'll be back to to his best. And um, as I said, but Celtic have a a very um, you know they've they've, they've went out and bought big uh, in the summer. So they've got a, a, a good enough and big enough squad to cope with that at this moment in time. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Roz is a Celtic fan in Irvine. Roz, what's your point tonight? Oh, hi. Good evening, panel. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I um, Leaving aside all the team news, I wonder what the panel's view is on um, Neil Lennon's man management ability to navigate Europe this season. And do the panel agree that there's a, a real composure um, about Neil Lennon's communication style this season. Well, Rosa, I think that uh, most managers are quite calm at the start of the season. <laughs> you know, you don't get uh, need to get upset because there's nothing to upset you. You don't have a, a decision that's went against you. You've not lost key players, or you know, if, if so far anybody is they've tried to bring in in the transfer market. They've been successful, so I think uh, I mean it's as calm as as you'll ever be. Um, obviously the, the test will come uh, you know when the season unfolds and uh, if it does get uh, tense it does get tight if there are decisions that say that you go against you you feel aggrieved then it's about you know how Neil responds to that I, I, I don't think you'll ever be you know uh, you know just uh, a guy kind of calm unassuming I don't think that's his character I think there's fire in his belly I think that'll always be there as part of his character but he may well have um, thought in the summer listen I'm just going to be relax into this and certainly the first game in, in Europe was a terrific result for Celtic. And, uh, you know, his, his, his European campaign uh, in his previous time was, was um, I think, I think was largely successful in terms of getting into the last 16. So I think he knows the game. I think he's, he's probably um, 
tactically more aware than a lot of people give him credit for. But his man management, I think he, his players his players seem to be wanting to play for him. And, and I think, listen, you'll always get one or two. If you've got 25 players there, there'll be one or two guys, there's talk about in Cham just now, not happy. You've always got one or two guys who are not, you know, enamoured with the manager or with the club. But by and large, I think Neil Lennon's man management style has been very good. I think uh, he handled guys like Jason Cummins when he was at Hibs and all yeah. these kind of guys. And so I, I think he's got more than enough experience to to um, do the job well. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we travelled through to Tynecastle um, to watch his first game with, with Hearts after Brendan Rodgers left just to show him our support. We actually had to go into the corporate away end because um, it was sold out. Uh, but we're very delighted that he's back in charge. Uh, I think he's got the dressing room and he's the only man for the job. And um, I'd just like to wish all of our Scottish team success in the European campaigns this season. And I'd like to give a big shout out to my two boys, uh, Luke and Matthew McSwiggan from Everton. Cheers, Ros. Thanks very much. Well, there we go. I mean, she touched on it there. That was... You said at the start of the show, it's 19 years since all four Scottish sides won. We'll get, we'll take a closer look at Kilmarnock and Aberdeen's victories later, but that's quite something. The first time in 19 years that four Scottish sides have won a European match in the same week. Yeah, in the same week. And listen, and, and you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I feel that uh, you know we're, we're obviously uh, we're level of performance has just hasn't been good enough, and, there, and there's been reasons for it, and, and sometimes excuses. But I think that uh, you know, and it's, I think that the. the the, the draw was relatively kind, I think, um, to Kilmarnock and, and maybe even Aberdeen to a certain extent. Um, but I think, um, you know, obviously with Rangers going to Gibraltar, they should win that comfortably. But Celtic's Sarajevo was always going to be tricky. So I think that, um, you know, the results were right. I think that, you know, you would expect it to. But the coefficient has to improve. And the only way that can improve is not by one club being successful. Last year, um, Celtic and Rangers um, started the campaign well, but... We need Aberdeen and Kilmarnock to get through at least another couple of rounds and, you know, see if we can, as I said, just lift the, the, the stature of Scottish football. And I think European football does that much more than domestic. 0141-951-1025 if you want to get involved. Thank you to Roz and Irvin. We heard those comments from, from Neil Lennon. He was obviously talking about Kieran Tierney and his, his injury problems and his recovery. There's been interest from Arsenal. There's been interest from Napoli. Can something like this put off potential buyers? Of course, I mean, Celtic um, just uh, um, pulled the plug on the David Turnbull deal just in the very last minute after, you know, something they saw in the medical and then the boys now had an operation. So if they don't think that he's, uh, you know, if they have a, if, a, if a fee had been agreed with Celtic and he then goes for a medical, it all depends on their staff. If their staff think it is just rest for a few weeks, no problem, then it won't hamper a deal. But it could if they believe that there's something lingering there. So I think that um, even from Kieran Tierney's point point of view, if a deal had been agreed with someone, and if, it's, I mean, it's all of this moment in time, and if he decided that he was going to go, he'd want to go there 100% fit. You don't want to go to a new club and then the first person you see is a physio and you're on the, and, and you're on the treatment table. You know, you want to make an impact straight away, first day training, go in there, show what you're all about, show your quality, and I think you want to go there 100% fit. 01419511025 Alec is a Celtic fan in Parkhead Alec Hi how we doing How we doing Jim Good Alec uh, Looking forward to the new season mate uh, Obviously just listening to uh, Kieran Tierney And this wee injury that well, He's been carrying with the hernia And this other new one It maybe just put potential suitors off You know Until, uh, until he gets fully fit Which will, will suit me fine uh, 
you know, I can see him being here at the beginning of the season. And if we can carry on to the end of the season and he's still here, you've then, if we, if we won the league, you've then got to imagine would they go for the, would they go and leave when we're, when we're going for the big game? So, you know, I fingers crossed that, that Kieran's still here. Uh, regards to the signings, I think Celtics obviously they're struggling a wee bit. Well, it's quite clear that we're willing to put the money up, but it's trying to get certain players to come to Scotland. I.e., like the boy Tommy Smith. I think there's talk like you know Celtic were competing with Stoke. Really, in paper, it should be a no-brainer. But you know, guys would rather play in the Championship and probably win nothing. So I'm not under any pressure regarding regarding any signings or potential signings that we're going to make. There's still another four or five weeks left, and I'm sure Neil will get get it right for every position he's gone for. Yeah, I mean, I think now the the Kentian one's always a difficult one because he's such a fan's favourite. He's such a supporter of the club, and I think the fans. Of thinking that he'll be like them, he doesn't want to go anywhere. They'll try and get nine in a row. They'll try and get ten in a row. That he'll be, he wants to be part of that because he is a fan. But you know, football, you know, Disney always, you know, work that way. And sometimes it's, you know, the the player ultimately have the final decision. But if a, a, a bid comes in and the club accept it, then you know that kind of tells you that they would prefer you to move. I don't know if that'll be the case for Celtic. They're, they're a wealthy club. They don't need the money. So unless somebody comes in with an exceptional offer. I can see uh, Kieran Tierney staying. Um, as far as the rest of the, the, the squad goes in the campaign, I think as a striker, I think Edward is the main striker. Uh, they brought in a couple of players last year, Timothy Way, Oliver Burke and things like that to try and supplement it in January. But I think they need another quality striker. But as I says, it's very difficult. You can have money, you can pay good wages, you can have good facilities. But if people don't think Scottish football's for them, you know, or, or living in Scotland's for them, it's very difficult. And uh, the market down south, as you mentioned, again, you're competing with, you know, uh, championship clubs. Uh, again, if you've got families and that, and you think, well, I don't need to move, there's a lot of things that players have to consider. It's not just about the, the level of football. It's sometimes, as I said, personal circumstances. And also salary. Salary can be a lot healthier down south. So Celtic are a massive club, but... You know, Scottish football is not a, a massive pool for top players. Well, thank you to Alec in Parkhead. That actually leads on nicely to what Luca Connell was saying today. The new Celtic midfielder says people in England underestimate how good the Scottish Premiership is. He says he's uh, he thinks he's been brought in to be part of the first team fold, and that he turned down offers from down south to move to Parkhead. I think everyone plays the Scottish league down as if like it's not a high standard, but it, I can tell them that now it definitely isn't. Players that have played, they said you've got to go and try it out to realise how hard it is. And now I have trained, and hopefully I can play soon. And I do realise that it is a tough league. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've come for, and I think that's what Celtic have brought me in for. So you know, I don't think they they want to bring anyone in to put them in the reserve. So I'm willing to work hard and challenge for me place in the team. Yeah, I think that's the message. If there's a shirt there, if if you're in and you work hard and train well, then you've got to get your chance, haven't you? And then once you get your chance, it's down to do it in front of all them fans and it's how you deal with the pressure. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, there was quite a few clubs to be honest, but um, I thought that this was the the club for me and to play in front of all them fans. It's such a big club; it's dream come true. I mean, Neil Lennon was was talking today about the point that Alec touched on, players maybe preferring to go to a club down south and a club in Scotland. But Neil Lennon was saying he's more than comfortable that Celtic can compete with English Championship clubs, certainly, in terms of wages and transfer fees. He seemed pretty confident that Celtic could, could match anything they can offer. 
Yeah, I mean, again, but it's, but it's whether team, you know, players want to come up to Scotland. As I said, it's not just football. You, I mean, you've heard, you've heard them saying there that uh, you know they're playing in front of fifty thousand fans or sixty thousand fans, and there are there are games where it'll be you know fantastic atmosphere. You have to deal with that demand uh, in level of performance has to be really high. You don't always get that, and sometimes players, without admitting it, might prefer not to be put in that spotlight. You know, they might think, "No, I'd rather go and play for a championship club, which is just under the radar." Maybe get themselves a couple of years at that level before they're ready to step up. And again, as I said, if they've got young families, maybe they they don't want to move. Maybe they've just started school, or you know, they've got an area where they're, they're really comfortable living. Well, these sort of things can is obviously like anybody looking for a job. It's it's not just a case of how much money you get paid. So, you know, it's it's, a, it's a, a market which is tough, but it's a bit easier for Celtic, that's for sure, um, because they are the champions, they are, you know, playing in Europe, and they do have fantastic facilities, and they, they pay good money, and they've got some good players, I mean, some terrific players, so therefore... It's a, a little bit of an easier sell if you're at Celtic than you had at many other Scottish clubs. I mean, it is encouraging when you listen to Luke O'Connell today and he's saying he knocked back English sides. Joe Arebo, we'll hear from, hear from him later on. He said he knocked back English sides to, to go to Rangers as well. So there is young talents that do want to come up the road and, and play their football up here. Yeah, I do I do um, agree with Luke when he says that uh, too many people dismiss Scottish football without really watching it on a, on a, on a consistent level and you know the and I'm, no one's saying it's, it's brilliant every week but there's a, as I've said many times there's a lot of terrible games in England but the marketing for the game down there almost doesn't allow it to seep out it's like it's always the first thing anybody says oh it's the best league in the world best league in the world now that, that's a matter of opinion but that's the marketing for that League, the English Premier League, whereas Scotland's always seemed as oh, so it's a way down, way down the levels. You know, very poor standard, kicking, rush, long ball, and it's nonsense, absolute nonsense. It's a kind of stereotypical view of Scotland and Scottish people, how we think everyone are, and really the game has changed quite significantly over the last few years. And um, you know, the teams all, you know, just about all now play good, um, modern football, um, and I, I don't think they get enough credit for it. 01419511025 if you want to get involved we'll be hearing what Joe or who Joe Aribo says he's been compared to after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors win the compensation you deserve talk to thompsons.com Jim Duffy here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 on the phone lines Rangers fans I want to hear from you I want to get your thoughts on these comments from Joe Aribo today because he says he studied the games of Yaya Toure and Patrick Vieira after being compared to the midfield pair he also says he's taken no notice of comments made by former boss Lee Boyer who said Aribo made the wrong choice in joining Rangers Over the last few years I've heard a lot of comparisons so some people have said Yaya Torre, some have said Vieira, I see some stuff in the papers, I see like even ex-managers have said it so mm-hmm. yeah, recently I've been looking a lot at their game and what they do or need to do on the pitch. Yeah, it's important, that's vital to be honest, you need to see what they were doing on the pitch and it will eventually help you improve. Well it makes me feel like very happy that they're both very good players and I would love to play even a little bit like them. Do you still feel you have a point to prove because there's a lot of doubters maybe more from down south that are questioning why you moved to Rangers? Uh, With all of that I don't really look at that I just come here to play my football and do what I have to do in order to 
show how good I am at football. I knew the size of the club and I knew what I was getting myself into. I'm just glad that I got, I managed to get over the line and get it sorted, to be honest. It's not often that I think I've heard of a player that's come up to, to Scotland and, and come out with comments like that. The, the thing is, I think people jump on that straight away and, and say, oh, what, what's he doing saying that? Clearly the comparisons aren't saying he's as good as Yaya Toure or as good as Patrick Vieira. It's more a comparison of style of play. But but even at that, he's still offering out the, the comments. Yeah, but what's the matter with that? You know, I mean, again, I think we're, we're too precious up here with what players say and everyone really wants to dissect it. You know, you, I mean, all coaches and managers and, and, and everybody, you know, you, if somebody, if you, if you don't know a player, generally speaking, someone will say, oh, he's like, you know, Lionel, Lionel Messi type of player. It doesn't mean he's, he's the same quality or anything like that. It means he's small, he's quick, you know, he, he, he dribbles with the ball. He's a Makaleli type midfield player. He's a Vier. You know, people use that as a phrase and therefore I, I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. The, the boy's just saying, um, you know, the style that he has been told he's like. He, I mean, again, he probably said he had to look up. Uh, and that's the thing, if, if you're a young player nowadays, even someone 10 or 15 years ago, it can pass you by, although um, Yaya Toure, I think, is just um, over in China playing still. But, you know, again, as I said, it's just a comparative of styles and I, I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. I think Stephen Gerrard will see the, the positive sign is that Aribo said himself that, you know, he's gone out and, and studied their games because people have made those comparisons. And, you know, you as a manager, is that something that you'd encourage your players to go out and say, you know, you're a similar player to this player you should maybe go and have a look at their games see what they do and try and either model yourself or, or test out a few things yeah no I remember when I was at Morton I, I remember saying to one of the players uh, who ironically enough is now playing with the player Gary Oliver who was, who was at Morton I said to him look at Stephen Doby and look at how quickly he moves the ball and how well he says and he's finishing similar if you want to call it style but Doby had that finishing quality and, and, and I felt if, if Gary could add a part of that to, you know, he, he could raise his game, you know, to to an, another level. So yeah, of course, if if there's a player out there that you think some it's easier than than sometimes taking him out and training and doing something time and time and time again. If there's a player you think is of a, is a similar style but a, a different level, a higher level, then why not look at that? No, why not learn from it? I think um, you know that, that if you've got that facility, particularly nowadays, you can get in their phones, you know, their, their tablets, whatever it happens to be, they can sit in the room and see it. So they don't even have to go to games before, you know, twenty years ago, someone would have to go to the game and watch that player. Now they can, as I said, like uh, Joe Rebo saying, you can just you can just uh, click on a link and, and and watch it and look at the styles and learn from it. At Clyde SSB on Twitter 01419511025 on the phones That's the number Stephen, a Rangers fan from Coke Bridges dialed Stephen How you doing guys? Not bad Stephen Just uh, asking I'm happy with the Rangers signings Very pleased with I've watched the, the game on Thursday night Thought the second half was good Signings Really good I think the players he's brought in Will do a lot for Rangers What I'm Kind of The money he's going to be spending On the centre half where is Rangers getting these kind of funds to to put up for these kind of players? Because I wasn't wouldn't expect Rangers to be in the position to be paying kind of three and a half million up front for this guy. Just want to know your views on where they're getting the funds and how they can afford this. Yeah, I mean it's always a a, a bit of a quandary, you know, where the money comes from. I mean, uh, unless someone states that you know the the money's came from a particular source, then it's always guesswork. And people will guess, obviously. The season tickets um, come in in the summer. There's a lot of money, a lot of revenue generally from that. Sponsors, maybe new sponsors, um, you know that that kind of stuff. But 
individuals. If, if there is individuals putting in money, then um, you know Stephen Gerrard's got to be delighted with that. But Stephen Gerrard's job is to try and get the best players for the budget he has. His job is not if you to ask where the budgets came from and how how the money is coming to the club. As long as it's there for him, and they can facilitate it, and they can they can finance that, and you know then I don't see any issue with that. But of course. I think when you sign so many players, um, I think there's about 25 players or something like you signed. There's, I know there's a number of players went out. Um, then there's there's always going to be, I think, people thinking, wait a minute, is this is this affordable? But um, at, th- at this moment in time, Rangers seem to be comfortable with that. Uh, the manager's getting full backing by his board, um, you know, to get to bring those type of players in. Um, you know, they are very very um, heavy in terms of the amount of players they have now. Uh, I know the, the, they will be trying to lose maybe seven or eight players but it's whether they can move them out or not will be another matter because they'll all be on good salaries and they're, they're a, a big club and I don't think they'll move too too easily so it's going to be yeah, there's going to be a bit of juggling with the figures I think Stephen over the next few weeks and Stephen Gerrard has said himself that he doesn't <laughs> say he's necessarily finished with his recruitment yet so there may be one or two more players still to come in and it's, as I say it's a very strong squad but it's a very big squad Stephen is that a concern of yours that you know, you, you maybe think that someone might have to go out for these players to come in. Yeah, I was thinking. Do, do you think they've got it in their head, the board, maybe even Gerard, that they are going to get good money for Morelos? Do you think they're they're thinking they're going to get double figures for him and thinking, right, well, we can bring some good quality players in for the money? Because by the looks of it, there's nobody set in stone looking for Morelos now. So, what, what do you think? Do you think it, they are thinking that they're going to get good money for him? Yeah, well, I think Stephen, that he is collateral, isn't he? You know, I mean, it's, it's like having having a you know going to the bank and, and having a, a big fancy house that you can go and, and and borrow money from. So if Rangers are you know putting out good money, uh, spending wages, transfer fees, you know, if if they are uh, you know looking to to sell, they know they have got a, a very valuable asset there. So if if they did require money, if the, if the, if if finance did become a problem. Uh, further down the line, if as long as Morelos keeps up to the same standard as last year, uh, uh, you know, taking the disciplinary aspect out of it, but his, his quality and his football and his goals, thirty goals, if he gets a similar return again, then yeah, of course the, 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 they're going to, they're going to be able to move him on for a substantial fee. So I think what Rangers have done now, uh, which they haven't done maybe for a while, or what they have now is they have assets, they have sellable assets. I mean, uh, uh, I think uh, Tavernier would would command a decent fee. Uh, obviously, they brought in some young uh, centre backs. Um, obviously, Morelis. They do have some players now. I think will attract interest. Obviously, Joe Rebo. If he if he does well and goes on, he's another young player who who can attract interest and in, uh, further down the line. So I think the Rangers now are more comfortable with the fact that if there is an issue, they can they can still sell. But what their target is is to make sure that uh, Celtic don't win nine in a row. And I think that's the reason why. Uh, Rangers are pushing the boat out in terms of you know stretching the budget as far as it can go. Thank you to Stephen in Coatbridge. Alan is a Rangers fan in Drum Chapel. Alan, what's your point tonight? Uh, hello, how are you doing? Uh, my point's about uh, Ryan Kent, and I, I just would like to find. Can you tell me any information about him? But is he? Because uh, I heard in the paper today that uh, Clomp for Liverpool said they were blocking any offers from Rangers about Kent, and I've also heard as well that he's. Uh, Rangers have put a, a bid in for him as well Can you uh, let me Do you know it and further about it? Yeah well Stephen Gerrard's spoken openly o- Over the summer about Ryan Kent He said that 
I mean he's openly said that they want to bring Ryan Kent back it's a player they're interested in but the, the standing in at the moment is that Ryan Kent is currently training with Liverpool in pre-season he actually started for them in their pre-season game against Tranmere last night Steven Gerrard said himself they're just waiting on the call from Liverpool they don't know whether uh, Liverpool want to loan him out they don't know whether Liverpool want to sell him they don't know whether Liverpool may use him as part of their squad this season so Jim it's a case it's just a waiting game at the moment Steven Gerrard says really yeah but uh, Jurgen Klopp has said that they, they want to <coughs> uh, in, you know include one or two younger players through their own system um, this year uh, you know as, as part of supplement the squad he feels that they've got talented young players and and therefore the, you know there might be one or two of them um, kind of try and push their way in now that's it's always easy to see, say, even if I talk minds in the summer, because you want to encourage these young boys to have that hunger. But in reality, it's very difficult to put them in because, you know, again, they, they, they'll be challenging for the title alongside Man City again. So uh, I, I can see Ryan Kent going out and loan again. Uh, I think the player enjoyed it at Rangers. I think there is the, the pool of Steven Gerrard with Liverpool, of course. So I would think that uh, there's still an opportunity there for, for Ryan Kent to come to Rangers. Um, and, and again, I think it's going to be because Liverpool just started back, like a lot of the English clubs, they're, 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 they're three, four weeks behind everybody else. Um, obviously, uh, Liverpool have still have some players in the African Cup of Nations, the, the maybe the Copa America, the, you know, they're the, the different tournaments that they had. Uh, so, they're maybe some of their players not, not come back yet are just going to start back. So, that's why the likes of Ryan Kent still involved in the squad. Once they all come back, once that squad is strong again, I think that Ryan Kent could well be finding his way back to Ibrox but I think that'll be another month away Yeah Alan it looks as if, if if anything happens it will be later in the window is that the one that you're desperate to see Rangers get over the line? Yeah I like Kent I think he's a, he's a great boost for the, the squad in that especially with like, European games if he gets through into the group stages and that I think he'll Dave, he's a big part of playing the Rangers team in it. so I'm hoping he does come back I don't know what's happening yet but yeah, well, again, he's he's a very popular player with the fans. He's, a, I said, he knows he's got his game now. He's been up there for a year. He's learned uh, a lot, as I said. And I, I, like any young player, I think when they go back to the parent club, they want to go back to play because they've had that knowledge, that experience, and it's it's part of them. They've had that. It's not the games aren't on Saturdays now, but you want to tell them it's Saturday football, match day football. And if they go back and get stuck in the reserves, you know, it's so frustrating for them. So one way or another, I'm sure Ryan Kent will move out. I think Rangers will be favourites. But if they're not, I think he'll definitely go and loan somewhere anyway. I, I can't see him um, staying at Liverpool, even though, as I said, he, he's, a, he's a talented player. I just can't see how he, how he would force his way into that Liverpool first team on a regular basis. Well, thank you to Alan in Drumchapel, 01419511025, if you want to come on the phone lines. Of course, there was two big games for Scottish sides in Europe last night. Kilmarnock, we'll start with them. And it was a good turnaround for them. They came from a goal behind to beat Connors Key Nomads 2-1 away from home. Eamon Brophy and Stuart Finlay with the goals. Away from home in, in Europe can always be a tricky one, but that, that's a decent lead to, to take back to Rugby Park, Jim. Yeah, it's perfect, you know, for them, you know, to to go down there and one two one score in the ninety third minute, whatever, and uh, you know that that's a great start for Alessio and the manager. Uh, you you know you want to try and get uh, a win under your belt as quick as you can, and you know without having a competitive game, then you go and play in Europe. It's very difficult. A new group of players. Left, I think he left his two new signings on the bench. Yeah, both on the bench. So therefore, it was a tried and trusted, you know, Stevie Clark formula. Really, he's went with, and I think that was sensible for the manager because it'll take him time to get to get his own players in and get his own stamp. So yeah, I think it was good management. Uh, and as I said, 
he said himself, good character with the players, good fitness. So uh, a very positive result for Kilmarnock, and you know they're obviously strong favourites now to, to end the next round. Is that something you can see as key for Kilmarnock this summer? Is just the continuity because Alessio he's not changed too much so far. He's only brought in a couple of players. I'm sure there there will be more to come, but it was a very familiar lineup that he put out last night. Stuart Finlay talked after the game and he talked about how they showed resilience and he felt that was similar to last season. Do you think for Alessio the key is just not to change too much of what Steve Clark did? Well, why would you change it? You know, it was so successful for two seasons. You know, you you know, if you take if you if you just dismantle it and say that oh, I want to do everything a hundred percent my way and you know, I don't like heading that was done before, it's a big, big risk, a huge risk. Um, something successful yeah you can tweak it and I think he, he will he's already you know moved Billy Thompson the goalkeeping coach down brought his own goalkeeping coach in Alex Dyer's still there I think and uh, obviously the, the, there's there's little you know things that I think he will change obviously he's brought in a couple of players at this, this moment in time you expect that to increase over the coming weeks so yeah I think they will change the style a little bit but I think in the short term certainly just now and um, you know with the European games uh, you know I think keep, keep as it is and as I said in last night's performance I think um, you know it was a, a typical commander performance over the last few years you don't want to look too far ahead really but if they do get through it would be partisan Belgrade in, in the next round I think when the draw came out of it being Connors Key Nomads there was a few commander fans that were thinking oh I was, I was hoping for a nice exotic trip somewhere or a, a trip somewhere that I, I wouldn't normally go that that would be a nice one for for the players and supporters, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be, but it's also extremely tough. Uh, Partizan Belgrade, so you know, I mean, they've got a terrific history. As Kamalak have many many years ago in Europe as well. So yeah, but it'd be fantastic. It'd be a, it'd be a proper European night at Kamalak um, if they get past Connor Kirk. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that one, and and, and ho- hopefully that that'll be the case. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to come on the phones, we'll be getting more reaction to those European results after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, and the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We touched on Kilmarnock's result there. I win 2 1 away to Connors Key Nomads. Of course, Aberdeen were in action as well. They got off to a winning start in their European campaign as they overcame Finnish side Rovaniemi 2 1 at Putodre. Now I'm again in Sam Cosgrove, got the goals, but they did concede late on at home which a bit of a dampener on it Jim yeah by all accounts they dominated the game but you know when you lose a, a goal in injury time you know it's a sickener you go over there with a 2 nothing advantage and as well as you've played even the opposition probably think well that, that, that you know we're well beaten but if you, you, you lose a goal late on it just gives the opposition so much confidence that they can they can maybe um, you know spring us a, a surprise but I just hope Aberdeen, you know, do it. They, you know, Aberdeen are a huge club, and Derek McInnes and Tony Dockett saying the new contracts there. Um, again, they've had to kind of almost build a new team again, almost uh, in the summer. But uh, I, I would love them to get through. But they, they have made it a little bit more difficult themselves by losing that last minute goal. Well, Derek McInnes says the late, the late goal they conceded has taken the shine off their win. He says they should have been more clinical, and that they'll aim for that next week to make sure the away goal doesn't count for anything. Of course, that's what. Um what you kind of dwell on at the end of it because I should be coming in here saying it was such uh, an assured performance for this stage of the season our first game of the season competitively against a team who are 15-16 games into their season I thought our energy levels our fitness our intensity was really good I think our supporters got a wee flavour tonight of one or two of the new signings um, 
the, the speed that which you want to play. I thought we're used of the ball from the back and and was slickness at times was really good, you know. But I thought we were a better team. I thought we should be scoring uh, another two or three goals tonight. Clearly, we passed up real opportunities. But sometimes at this stage of the season, when it's your first competitive game, that last wee bit of polish is the one uh, thing that you're maybe short of. And I think if you know, as we go along, I think if we get get those similar chances, um, and hopefully we get some similar chances next week, we'll be in a better position to um, to take them. And then the goal that we lose um, might not be uh, deemed as such a, a body blow. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Stephen is in the West End. What were your thoughts on the results last night, Stephen? I thought it's hard. I agree with Jim Duffy there, Andy. He's toning his voice. I think he's struggling to see Aberdeen actually qualifying to beat that uh, the, the Ropers out in Finland. And then you'd Kilmarnock. They were struggling, struggling against the part-timers in Wales I just think the Scottish teams they're poor quality and I don't think any of them should actually be entered into the Europa League Rangers even struggled against St Joseph's I mean I mean, they won they won, they won, they won 4-0 Stephen I don't think that's struggling yeah, hold, is it? Hold, hold, hold on hold on they struggled they didn't score in the first half that was a public team I would say the Rangers are playing against St Joseph's we better have playing a team for Mary Hill in the public. No, Rangers did struggle in the first half. Rangers should have wiped the floor with them. Aberdeen should have wiped the floor. They're on the ropes. And, and Derek McInnes, I think he could do a job if he does, does not get a result in Finland. Well, I mean, 4-0 Jim Duffy is a pretty convincing win, I would have said, for Rangers on Tuesday. Kilmarnock hadn't been in Europe for... 18 years they showed resilience to, to come from behind Aberdeen despite the the late goal they conceded still yeah. did win quite a negative approach from Stephen here <laughs> I mean listen Stephen I think is just looking at it from a perspective that you know we're no, not playing teams from huge leagues um, and therefore you know we, we think that we should be um, a bit better than that but I think that uh, just winning the games at this moment in time is important getting through to the next round uh, we've seen one or two, once or twice over the years we've had uh, poor results for some of our teams, uh, you know, away in the first leg, and then managed to, you know, another week under their belt, maybe sometimes another friendly or so under their belt, and they're a lot better the next time round. This is the first competitive match that any of our teams have played, you know. So I think that we've got to give them a, a little bit of leeway when it's a first competitive match. Um, again, you know, Commander for instance, a new manager. Um, you know Some new players in For all of the clubs You know And it takes time to jail And you need competitive matches To jail Not just a couple of friendlies So Yeah I mean I think that uh, I, I get where he's coming from In terms of You know we Maybe Would like to have a little bit more Of a cushion But um, You know Listen we all won And I fully expect Four teams to be In the, the hat For the next round He's, he's dreaming He's dreaming why is that? Who's dreaming, uh, Stephen? Jim Duffy there is dreaming because uh, the only team that I can see qualifying out of that is Rangers against St. Joseph. Kamarvok and Aberdeen, they've had their chance and you can say what you like there, Jim. Mm. They've, they've paid big, big money in the Scottish division. They're getting into there, the teams that I've never heard of and they're failing to beat them comfortably. Well, what about Celtic, Stephen? Celtic, I'll tell you something else. Celtic came 
played from behind to the beginning. B1 nothing. They were struggling as well in the Champions League and Celtic will not even get out of that group but they're in there either. I just think that Scottish football in a whole is finished. We don't have the talents the way back that we had under the Graham Souness and all the great players. I just think Scottish football in a whole I would just to me personally I think Scottish football is in dire straits Well I think well. Jim Duffy When you look at it <laughs> As we said at the top of the show 19 years yeah. Since four Scottish clubs Won a European fixture In the same week It seems A bit over the top To be so Negative about that fact Really yeah, We haven't really Kicked the ball in essence um, This season And Stephen said It's uh, it's dire It's finished <laughs> It's done You know All the, all the, 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 the words that he, he felt There was uh, You know um, Related to Scottish football you know, I, I have a different uh, approach entirely. Listen, I, I came through. I'm old enough to remember uh, certain eras, but there are times when I think that uh, you know Scottish football is in a good place. I think it's in a good place just now. I think that I said last year um, with the you know the, the profile that the game's got just now, it's, it's a bit healthier. I think the teams are stronger. Yeah, we'd like to see us doing better in Europe as a group, but. I think that there's a, a lot of uh, room for optimism and I think it'll be a, a real exciting season ahead and I, I don't think there's as many people will agree with Stephen as, as maybe he believes because I think you'll see that with the gates this year. I think there'll be an upsurge in uh, season tickets for all of the clubs just about because I think that, the, that this will be a, a really entertaining, competitive league for everything from, from the relegation battle right through to a championship battle. Well, thank you to Stephen in the West End. We'll touch on this. Towards the end, Stephen Robinson speaking today. He's tipping David Turnbull to get back to the top of his game after his successful operation. He says he's looking forward to the midfielder getting back out in the pitch and that he also hopes the club can still sell him for good money. Yeah, he's okay. You know, obviously he's on the road to recovery. Um, it was a, a big surprise to everybody. You know, I thought I'd lost a, a top footballer. You know, we, we had to get the operation done. You know, his health is more important than anything. And we're confident we'll have a, a very good player back again. You know, and, and hopefully we'll we'll get the the true value out of him on the pitch for Motherwell and then the true value for, for his, what we believe he's worth again, you know, in, in a few months' time. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe he will. You know, uh, it was it was more a preventative operation, you know, and it was done. It's been a, a massive success and David will be back and, you know, you don't lose your ability. Um, it's it's more assets and, you know, imagine how good you are going to be now, you know, so that's, uh, that's the positive we're trying to do. He's got a brilliant family behind him. As I say, we've got a, a fantastic medical staff here as well and, you know, Davey Henderson's one of the top physiotherapists and I'm very confident David will be back and, and playing at the top of his game. Yeah, Stephen Robinson, quite positive about things there. Yeah, well, I mean, he's obviously got the report from the staff and uh, the, the medical um, side of it, and the, that that seems to be uh, you know all, all going well. Um, but nevertheless, it still will be, I think, a blow psychologically to the boy. He's going to have to overcome that and make sure that he just focuses on playing for Motherwell again. And and if he gets anywhere near the level he was at, then he won't just have Celtic coming back on and knocking on the door of other clubs as well. And Motherwell will get that that kind of value for the player. But I, I, I thought last year he was an outstanding um, young talent, um, you know, and I thought it was a fantastic move for him going to Celtic. But unfortunately, um, it just fell through at the last minute. And we just have to hope that we wish him well. And, and we've got young, talented players like Tumble, like Tierney, who are currently injured. We need them back um, so that um, we can have a, a positive uh, light in Scottish football for this season. I mean, just quickly, I mean, do you think it was a bit bittersweet for Stephen Robinson that the deal didn't go through? Because he's already talking about potentially getting the money down the line 
Yeah, I mean, a wee bit, he may have well have other options, but uh, listen, if you've got a fantastic player still at your club, through no fault of your own, you know, you, you haven't made any difficulties, just the player's going to be there, then your mother will, and the Motherwell fans will be absolutely thrilled. Thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you for your tweets, or thank you for just listening at home. Thanks to Jim Duffy in the studio. We'll be back next week. Of course, Celtic Rangers, Kilmarnock, and Aberdeen, the second legs of their European ties, all coming up. We'll be looking forward to them. We'll be live from Celtic Park on Wednesday, and we'll be live from Ibrox on Thursday. So, plenty to look forward to. Thank you for joining us once again. Up next, of course, GBX. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.